Hello and welcome into the SB Nation Sunday Late Night Wrap-Up. I am Steven Serta. I hope everybody had a fantastic Halloween. If you're out trick-or-treating and you had to miss a second of football action in week eight of the NFL season, this is the podcast for you. I'm going to go through each and every game to make sure you don't miss a thing. Before we get to the games, I have to remind you that the Sunday Late Night Wrap-Up is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. We begin with Sunday night football, the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Minnesota Vikings. What was once an intriguing Sunday night football game lost a little bit of its luster late in the afternoon slate when it was announced that quarterback Dak Prescott would not play on Sunday night football for the Dallas Cowboys. Prescott's battling a calf injury that he suffered prior to the Cowboys bye week, and he was kind of fighting through it all week. They tested it out pregame and decided that he just was not good enough to play. In comes Cowboys backup quarterback Cooper Rush. Not a lot of scoring in the first half of this game, but things really got going in the third quarter when Cooper Rush hit Cedric Wilson for a 73-yard touchdown. Third and eight. Fired over the middle. Caught on the run by Cedric Wilson. And Wilson inside the 10, all the way to the end zone. The Vikings battled back, trying to keep it close, but Kirk Cousins just couldn't get enough going offensively. Slow night from Dalvin Cook. Finishes the game with 18 carries for 78 rushing yards. Adam Thielen, six catches for 78 yards and a touchdown. But the story of the night is Cooper Rush, who finishes 24 of 40 for 325 yards and two touchdowns, including this game-sealing touchdown pass to Amari Cooper. First and goal to the end zone. And it is held for the touchdown. Cooper. Cowboys win 20 to 16. They've got the Denver Broncos coming to town next week. Vikings fall to three and four and they head to Baltimore. The Carolina Panthers had dropped four in a row headed into week eight after starting the season three and oh. Panthers running back Chuba Hubbard fumbled on the very first play of the game when Falcons linebacker Deion Jones Forced the fumble. He's been absolutely lights out this season. We got to pay more attention to what's going on with Deion Jones. I know that Falcons defense isn't anything special, but Deion Jones has been absolutely fantastic. The Panthers defense did bail the offense out, forcing a three and out in the red zone and holding the Falcons to a field goal. Panthers even things up with a field goal of their own as there was no offense to speak of early in this game. It's worth mentioning Falcons stud wide receiver Calvin Ridley did not play in this game due to personal reasons. During the game, Ridley released a statement on social media that read, These past few weeks have been very challenging, and as much as I'd like to be on the field competing with my teammates, I need to step away from football at this time and focus on my mental well-being. This will help me be the best version of myself now and in the future. I want to thank my teammates, the entire Atlanta Falcons organization, our great fans, my friends, and my family for all their support during this time. Matt Ryan hit Cordero Patterson for a 15-yard touchdown at the top of the second quarter. That dude Cordero showed up again for the fantasy squad. He has been one of the absolute best waiver wire pickups in 
all of football this season. This year, Matt Ryan hit as he throws Cordero Patterson with a catch. Inside the five, diving across for the touchdown. Sam Darnold couldn't find the end zone to save his season in this one. And four field goals later, they led the Falcons 12-10 to in the fourth quarter. The Panthers go on a 15-play drive that ends in a Chuba Hubbard touchdown to put them up 19-10 to in the fourth. Sam Darnold did leave this game with a concussion as P.J. Walker entered in the fourth quarter. In his first action since becoming a Carolina Panther, Stephon Gilmore came up huge on Atlanta star rookie Kyle Pitts, coming up with a game-sealing interception late in the fourth quarter. Ryan, backside pressure comes hit as he throws, and it's intercepted! Stephon Gilmore, in his first game as a Panther, has a pick that should salt it away for Carolina to snap their four-game skid. They finish this game 19-13. The Panthers pick up a much-needed win after dropping four in a row. They get the Patriots next Sunday, and Atlanta heads to New Orleans. San Francisco traveled to Chicago this week, and now this was a fun football game. Bears rookie running back Khalil Herbert continues to be a monster filling in for the injured David Montgomery, carrying the Bears' offense deep into the Niners' territory. However, after two offensive penalties, they settled for the field goal from Cairo Santos to take the early 3-0 lead. Chicago managed a 10-3 early second quarter lead after Justin Field rolled out and found Jesse James in the end zone for only his third touchdown pass as a professional. It is worth mentioning that the Bears were without head coach Matt Nagy in this one as he tested positive for COVID earlier in the week. So that makes sense why Justin Fields was actually rolling out. We'll get to that a little bit more later in the game. The Niners did manage another field goal to bring the game 10-6. Jimmy G finally went deep just before halftime and hit Debo Samuel for a monster 50-yard gain. The Niners did add another field goal as time expired to make it 13-9 at halftime. Then in the third quarter on third and 20, Jimmy G hits Debo Samuel again on a screen for 83 yards. He gets dragged down out of bounds at the very last second. Plays like this that they'd love to have him. They'll go with the screen to Samuel though. He's got blockers and a first down and more. Foot race, Samuel lunging to the That same drive on third and goal, Jimmy G on the design run keeps it for the touchdown, but the Niners miss the extra point. Bears still lead 16-15. At the top of the fourth quarter, the Niners took the lead with a pile-pushing touchdown run by Elijah Mitchell that even saw Jimmy G get in on the action. And off. It is Mitchell pushing the pile. Jimmy followed it up with a two-point conversion to Brandon Ayuk, and they took the 23-16 lead. That's where things got really interesting, as Justin Fields answers with an incredible 22-yard touchdown run. Fake one way, Fields stumbling, trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown! Fields ended the game with 103 yards on the ground in this one. Maybe the Bears should leave Matt at home a little bit more moving forward, right? Like, if we get Justin Fields rushing and outside the pocket making throws out of structure, that's what we want. That's what we know he can do, and he has not done that with Matt on the sideline a single time this season. Let's leave him at home more often, Chicago. 
I do sadly have to mention that kicker Cairo Santos missed the PAT, and the Bears still trailed 23-22. to The Niners answer with a five-play, 75-yard drive that saw Jimmy G rush for his second score of the day to put them up 30-22. to We got the breakout game by Justin Fields, but the Niners just proved to be too much as they tack on another Joey Sly field goal to take a 33-22 lead, and that's where this one ended. Niners have a big matchup with Arizona next week. The Bears go to Pittsburgh, losers of three in a row. Next, we head to Buffalo, where the Miami Dolphins came into town looking to snap a six-game losing streak, and this wasn't exactly a thriller, I guess you could say, on Halloween Sunday in Week 8 of the NFL season. The Dolphins did put together a strong opening drive against the Bills' defense. It's been giving plenty of teams problems, but it ended with a zero as Jason Saunders misses the field goal to open the game. Again, this was just really an absolutely gross game. The Bills don't pull away until 349 in the third quarter when Josh Allen finds Gabriel Davis for the first touchdown in the game. The Bills go up 10-3, a nine-play drive ends in a 19-yard touchdown from Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs, and the Bills took a 17-3 lead in the fourth quarter. Tua and Mike Jasicki connected multiple times on a touchdown drive that made it 17-11 with just under 10 minutes to go in the game. Then Josh Allen rushed for a touchdown with just over a minute to go to put this thing away. Allen on the move, trying to keep it himself. Allen cuts up and in! Touchdown! This game ends 26-11. Bills, Buffalo heads to Jacksonville next week, and the Dolphins, now losers of seven in a row, take on the Houston Texans. Next, we head to Cleveland, where the Pittsburgh Steelers were in town. And if it sounds like I don't have much to say about this game, it's because I don't. Baker Mayfield played in some kind of harness because he has a broken shoulder in his non-throwing arm. Big Ben is closer to an actual building than a quarterback capable of movement in the pocket, and that made for an extremely slow-moving football game. It's all tied 3-3 approaching halftime. The Browns' defense held the Steelers in the red zone in large part to another Miles Garrett sack. Mike Tomlin elected to fake a field goal and throw with Chris Boswell that totally backfired and got Chris Boswell hurt. He had to leave the game with a concussion after taking a hit at the end of the play. They come up empty and give the ball back to the Browns. Browns got things going in the second half with a Dearness Johnson touchdown. This Johnson makes the great tap to the end zone for a touchdown. Finally, something good in this game as Johnson keeps things moving after his huge game in Week 7. After the Browns touchdown, Big Ben manufactures a 12-play, 78-yard scoring drive that ends in a Najee Harris 8-yard touchdown run. Remember the Steelers getting their kicker hurt earlier in the game? Well, they didn't have anyone to kick field goals the rest of the way, so they kept going for two-point conversions. Pittsburgh does not convert this time. They continue to trail 10-9. to However, the Browns just could not get anything going offensively in this football game. Roethlisberger hit rookie tight end Pat Fryermuth for a touchdown to take a 15-10 to lead. Two-point conversion failed again, but that's where this one ends as Ben continues his dominance over the Browns and they continue to underwhelm. Pittsburgh gets the Bears next week and the Browns travel to Cincinnati. 
Next, we head to the Motor City where the Philadelphia Eagles touch down. This game started out slow with back-to-back punts by both offenses. Then a missed field goal by the Lions kick-started the Eagles offense to finally get things going. They got inside the five on a drive and ended it with a Boston Scott touchdown. He opened the game with five carries for 21 yards and the score. Kenneth Gainwell was the hot ad in fantasy this week with Miles Sanders heading to IR. But Nick Sirianni said, not today, Kenny G. It's the Boston Tea Party on Halloween. Sorry, I apologize for that. I couldn't help myself. Jordan Howard was also elevated from the practice squad after Miles Sanders went on IR earlier this week, and he got in on the scoring party. Jalen Hurts leads an eight-play, 81-yard drive deep in the second quarter for the score by Howard to take a 17-0 lead, and they take that lead into halftime. Boston Scott had himself a day as the Eagles open up the second half with another Scott touchdown to take a 24-0 lead. Jordan Howard punches in another one to put the Eagles up 31-0 on the Lions. After a DeAndre Swift fumble is returned for a touchdown by Darius Slay, the Eagles go up 38-0. Ball comes loose, and it will be taken in for a touchdown back in Detroit by Darius Slay. After this one, Dan Campbell probably just wanted to bail and go home and gorge himself on Halloween candy. This one ends 44-6 as the Lions remain winless on the year. They head into their bye, and the Eagles get the Chargers at home. Next, we head to Indianapolis, where the Tennessee Titans were visiting. The Colts scored more points on their opening drive than Kansas City did all last week against the Titans. Colts head coach Frank Reich was being aggressive early, and that's probably got something to do with the Wentz to Pittman connection. He finds him after a 14-play, 82-yard drive that ends in a two-yard fourth-and-goal touchdown to kick off the scoring. After a Ryan Tannehill interception deep in their own territory, the Colts take over at the 7-yard line, and Wentz hits Pittman for his second touchdown only halfway through the first quarter. They take the early 14-0 lead. The Titans started slow, but finally started moving the ball in the second quarter. At the 12-10 mark, Tannehill hit tight end Jeff Swaim for a 6-yard touchdown to get within 7. Then a wild sequence after Ryan Tannehill throws an interception that was then fumbled by the Colts and recovered by the Titans. He immediately hits A.J. Brown on an out route, and Brown sheds Xavier Rhodes on his way for a 57-yard score. On 42. Tannehill protected well this time and completes. A.J. Brown breaking free. Brown is in. Touchdown. Titans sack on another touchdown midway through the third quarter as they take the 21-14 lead. The Colts wouldn't go away, though. Carson Wentz finds Jack Doyle for a touchdown after they tacked on another field goal to take the 24-21 lead. Then we got locked up at 24. Carson Wentz got the ball back with a chance to make something happen for the Colts, but then he did the Carson Wentz thing where the worst possible thing you can allow to happen is exactly what he's going to do. Titans broke the tie to take a 31-24 lead on the pick six. Colts still had over a minute to try to make something happen, and after an incredible Michael Pittman catch, they draw a pass interference call near the end zone with 25 seconds left and get the ball at the one-yard line. They followed it up with a Wildcat formation that led to this Jonathan Taylor touchdown run. Little Wildcat with Wentz splitting out, and they're in! Touchdown! It's Taylor! Head to overtime where Carson Wentz throws another pick with 5.56 left that leads to a game-winning field goal by Randy Bullock. Wentz faking, delivering it, it is picked! Intercepted by Bayard! 
Colts take on the Jets next week, and the Titans have a huge matchup against the Los Angeles Rams. I don't know if you guys are ready for this one. But next, we head to MetLife Stadium, where the Cincinnati Bengals were visiting the New York Jets. The Jets opened Week 8 against a red-hot Bengals team marching down the field with Mike White under center for a 10-play, 75-yard touchdown. Rookie Michael Carter caps it off with an 8-yard touchdown run, and Mike White was 7-for-7 on the opening drive. So we know that Zach Wilson is the starting quarterback for the New York Jets, but Mike White opened this game 11-for-11. His first incompletion did wind up being an interception, though. However, the Jets' defense held Cincy to a fourth and goal where Zach Taylor elected to go for it, and Keenan Williams sacked Joe Burrow to turn the Bengals away. Backup quarterback Mike White returned to the field and immediately threw another interception on the next drive. The Bengals finally punched it in from one yard out with a Joe Mixon to tie the game at seven. With three minutes left in the half, Joe Burrow hit Jamar Chase for another touchdown. The Bengals go up 14-7. Chase's seventh touchdown of the year is more than all other rookie wide receivers combined with six on the year. Mike White, though, is the story of this game. He marches down the field and hits Keelan Cole for an absurd touchdown grab. And what a grab by Cole! Touchdown Jets! Well, it was a touchdown grab before they overturned it, but it's still the best play of the game, and as far as I'm concerned, it's a touchdown. White did find Braxton Berrios for a touchdown with 15 seconds left in the half to make it 17-14. In the third quarter, Mike White did get hurt while the Jets were driving, and Josh Johnson entered the game for a series, but White was able to return and looked really good. It looked like the Bengals were running away with this thing in the second half, but an incredible Ty Johnson touchdown run ballet routine on the sideline made the game 31-26 with just over four minutes left. The Bengals' first play back, Joe Burrow gets intercepted, and who else but Mike White follows it up two plays later with a Tyler Croft 13-yard touchdown. Then they follow that up with a tricky two-point conversion to go up 34-31 with 3.45 left in the game. Handoff to Moore, back to Crowder. They got the two to the quarterback, White! Mike White, sir, where have you been all of our lives? The Bengals got the ball back, punted, hoped their defense could make a stop, but it came down to a third and long where the Bengals defender was called for lowering his helmet on the hit. Automatic first down for the Jets. The J-E-T-S Jets, baby, pulled off the improbable win over the AFC leading Cincinnati Bengals. The Jets get the Colts next week, and the Bengals have an AFC North matchup with the Cleveland Browns. Next, we travel to Houston, where they were being visited by the Los Angeles Rams. Honestly, we can probably get through this game in a hurry. The Rams open things up with a crisp 11-play 75-yard drive that ends in a 3-yard touchdown pass from Matthew Stafford to Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson making sure he gets you back in fantasy football for last week's dud. The Rams march back down the field inside the five again and appear to run the exact same play that Henderson scored on the first time. This time the Texans hold inside the five and the Rams come up empty. The Rams totally dominated this game from the start, however. They had four possessions inside the 10-yard line, including that goal line stand by the Texans, but they converted the other three into a 17-0 lead. Daryl Henderson pays off one more time as he scores on a one-yard touchdown run just before the half to put the Rams up 24 to nothing. 
And how good has Cooper Cup been this year? Cooper Cup been absolutely insane. He continues to rewrite the record books, becoming the first player in the Super Bowl era with 900-plus receiving yards and 10-plus receiving touchdowns in the first eight games of the season. Matthew Stafford sat down for the fourth quarter with this one. But the Texans did make it interesting, scoring quickly and managing an onside kick after the Rams started sitting their starters. All of a sudden, it was 38-22 in the fourth quarter, but that's where this one ends. The Rams just up by too much. The Rams get the Titans up next. Texans will head to Miami. Next, we travel to Los Angeles, where the New England Patriots were visiting the Chargers. Chargers open things up with an Austin Eckler touchdown. They play the drive. Shake and bake move doesn't work for Eckler. New England's defense holds up, although once again, the the extra effort. Oh my goodness! Touchdown! That look stood up at the line, and the Chargers muscle their way in. The Patriots immediately answer with the Damian Harris touchdown run of their own. Justin Herbert and co. bounce back with an early second quarter touchdown to Keenan Allen to take a 14-7 lead. That's when the Patriots went on a field goal run hitting three straight kicks by Nick Folk to take a 16-14 lead in the third quarter. Chargers get back on top with the Dustin Hopkins 48-yard field goal at the end of the third quarter, but Justin Herbert would like this one back. He lets a ball fly that's straight into the hands of a defender. Adrian Phillips gets returned for six. Third down and nine. Herbert intercepted, picked off. Phillips running down the sideline and he's in. Touchdown, New England. Patriots convert on the two-point conversion and go up 24-17 with 2.19 left in the fourth quarter. The Pats add another field goal to take the two-possession lead. Chargers tacked on another touchdown, but it was just too little too late. Patriots get a big road AFC win over the Chargers. Chargers have now lost two in a row. They fall to 4-3 and three on the year. They head to Philly next week. The Patriots head to Carolina. Don't need to spend a ton of time in Seattle right now, but Jacksonville did travel up to Seattle. Jaguars running back James Robinson left early in this one with an ankle injury. The running back injuries just continue to pile up across the league. It was basically just the Geno Smith show in this one with ups and downs, but more ups on the day for Geno than downs. Tyler Lockett bouncing back with a huge game, finishing with 12 catches for 142 yards. DK Metcalf couldn't be contained either as Geno finds him for two scores. The Seahawks were up 24 to nothing and never looked back in this game. Jacksonville was never in this football game. Seattle heads into their bye week and Jacksonville's got Buffalo coming to town next week. Next, we head to Denver, where they were being visited by the Washington football team. Not a ton of scoring in this one. It was really a a defensive game throughout. But this touchdown from Taylor Heineke to DeAndre Carter was a thing of beauty. Looking for the end zone. Over the shoulder grab. DeAndre Carter touchdown. That was a thing of beauty. Like I said, not much scoring in this game as the football team and the Denver Broncos found themselves tied 10 to 10 headed into the fourth quarter of this one. Melvin Gordon rushed for a seven yard touchdown late in the game to seal this thing, but we thought it was the game ceiling touchdown, but Denver went out of their way to make this thing a little wild at the end. Justin Simmons intercepted Washington quarterback Taylor Heineke twice at the end of the game on two different Hail Mary style attempts. Denver gets the ball back with 40 seconds up by seven. Washington has all three timeouts, first and 10, 
run, fumble, recovered by the Denver Broncos, second and nine, play action pass, incomplete, stops the clock. I don't know why you're running a play action pass on second and nine when you just want to run the clock out. Third and nine, run, Melvin Gordon fumbles the football. It's recovered by Washington. Oh my, oh my, what a disaster that could have been for the Denver Broncos. I'm not sure what they were doing at the end of this football game. In the end, the Broncos defense holds up. It was just simply a terrible offensive football game. The Broncos snapped their four-game losing streak as they look ahead to the Dallas Cowboys. Washington, in the middle of a four-game skid, they head into their bye week. Next, we traveled to New Orleans, where the division rival Tampa Bay Buccaneers were visiting. This game saw Jameis Winston leave with a serious injury, uh, which he was ruled out pretty quickly. And then it was reported early after the game. They do believe that it was an ACL injury. Jameis Winston likely done, unfortunately, for the New Orleans Saints. Saints also entered the game with Taysom Hill out, so... In steps Trevor Simeon against the division-leading Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady opened things up with the first quarter touchdown pass to Chris Godwin, but it got ugly after that. Brady tossed an interception and lost a fumble. That opened the door for a 23-point run by the New Orleans Saints. That ended with a touchdown by Alvin Kamara. Flip to Kamara. He juggles it. He races for the corner and walks in. Brady finally gets things going in the third quarter when he hit Gio Bernard for a seven-yard touchdown. You can't hold Brady down forever, and we've talked a lot about this Lattimore-Evans matchup this week. Mike Evans grabs a 41-yard touchdown at the end of the third quarter to bring the Bucks within two. On third and three, they protect Brady, scans the field, and lets it fly. It's Evans! It's a touchdown! Saints tacked on another field goal to go up 26-22, to and I think you guys know how this one plays out. Brady found Cyril Grayson wide open for a 50-yard score with 5.52 left in the game. Pressure coming here. Brady trying to beat it with blown coverage. It's a touchdown. First career score for Cyril Grayson. Bucks take the 27-26 lead. Trevor Simeon marches them down the field to second and goal at the two-minute warning. Could not punch it in. They settle for a field goal to take a 29-27 lead and give the ball back to Tom Brady with 141 left in the game. That's when P.J. Williams decided to take things into his own hands. On second and ten, they bring it. It's picked up, giving Brady time, and he's intercepted. P.J. Williams still going all the way. He's in. Touchdown, New Orleans. The Bucks did get the ball back, but the Saints' defense held up and sacked Brady on 4th and 8 to end the game. All of a sudden, this NFC South race is a little heated. As the Bucks fall to 6-2, and two, Saints improve to 5-2 and two on the year. Tampa heads into their bye week, and the Saints have the Falcons coming to town, but likely without starting quarterback Jameis Winston. That was the SB Nation Sunday late night wrap up for week eight of the NFL season. Thank you guys so much for listening to everything that we're doing at the SB Nation NFL show. Please subscribe, rate, and review each and every one of your favorite shows a part of the SB Nation NFL show. And stay right here. We've got RJ Ochoa and Pete Sweeney coming up with Monday Football Monday. Get you caught up on everything you need to know from the Week 8 action, as well as getting you prepared for Monday Night Football between the Kansas City Chiefs and the New York Giants. 
I'm Steven Serdal. I'll talk to you guys soon.